There's something that we need to remember with today's gospel passage. Even though it occurs relatively early in the Gospel of Mark, it's the fourth chapter, towards the end of the fourth chapter, already by this point, Jesus has done a number of miracles, some very large miracles, healing of a paralytic, healing of a leper, healing of Simon Peter's mother-in-law, and a few others, but also a number of minor miracles. He's already taught them some parables, and yet they don't fully understand who this Jesus is. In fact, they barely understand who he is. Jesus, after this day of preaching, decides to cross the Sea of Galilee, and this is the the sea, the lake they're on. It's not a very big lake in comparison to some of the lakes of Minnesota. I I haven't done the the research, but I know it's it's certainly not like the uh, Great Lakes. It's relatively small, maybe two, three miles wide and maybe five, ten miles long. And yet, because of the geography of that lake and the surrounding hills, squalls would come up and they would be violent. People lost their lives on this relatively small lake. It's a freshwater lake, by the way. And so the disciples, knowing that, were probably terrified of this squall. You do not want to be out in in a squall anyway, but especially on a lake in a boat. And these were not very large boats. In fact, uh, they've found a boat uh, in the late 80s, I believe it was, that was in uh, repairs. Now they built a uh, museum around this boat. The boats, uh, it was a typical fisherman's boat. They would hold maybe six people. So to get the disciples or apostles across they had to take two or three boats. And so there, there they are in the middle of the lake, late at night, and a squall comes up, and they're in danger of sinking. They're terrified. And they cry out to Jesus, who is asleep. That's a whole other story we'll get to in a little bit. But do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus is asleep in the middle of the storm. Now, one would make the, could make the point, and some have, have rather cynically, well, this is where God is, that he's often asleep in the midst of our storms. Well, God does not sleep. Jesus Christ, as human being, had to sleep. But as God, now with a resurrected body, does not sleep. But what caused him, what allowed him, rather, to be asleep in the middle of a storm? And I think it was he had trust in his Heavenly Father. He knew God's plan for him. He knew what God God the Father was asking him to do. He knew he was going to offer his life on the cross. He wasn't going to die in a boat in the middle of a squall in the middle of the night. It's the sign of the cross, I'll, I'll point out, not the sign of the drowning. He knew he was not going to drown. And so he could be restful, asleep, even in the midst of the storm. And maybe that's the point of of his question. Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? He hadn't yet predicted that he was going to die on the cross, that he was going to suffer at the hands of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, that he was going to be put to death by the Romans. And yet, already he's hinted he's something more. He's not 
just an ordinary human, but rather he's God made man. In fact, they should have understood this. Now, I know we live in a day and age where we're reminded that each individual can affect the weather, or sorry, climate. Together, yes, we can uh, in small, minor ways, but, but one person standing up and saying to the wind, stop, it's not gonna do much, except create maybe a little bit more wind. Somebody standing up and saying to the rain, stop, or saying to the clouds, give us rain, as we have been, is not going to affect the weather. But Jesus Christ, in a simple word, quiet, be still, causes the wind and the waves to cease. Only God can do that. And we hear about that today in our first reading, as God confronts Job, who's, who's confused, who's going, going through his own storm of life, a metaphorical storm, a spiritual storm, but going through it and questioning why. And God speaking to him, did you create the storms? Did you set the oceans in their, in their limits? He goes on elsewhere, did you create the stars, the constellations, the planets? It's a reminder that God did. That God is God, and that God alone can still the wind and the waves. And so as Jesus Christ did this, they should have known right away. Instead, they asked, who is this? Who is this? See, they lacked faith. They didn't have that fullness of faith. And of course, later, after the crucifixion and resurrection, they have that faith, well, not Judas, but the others have that faith. And they go to the ends of the earth proclaiming Jesus Christ is God, that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, that Jesus Christ is there for them. And the temptation for us might be in our own storms of life, I've had a few storms in the last five weeks. I'm sure you've had some storms, and certainly in the last 15, 18 months, I keep losing count since March of 2020. We've had a number of storms, and we might ask, well, where is the Lord? And if we look, we see that he's there. He's there. And we might have to rouse him with our faith, but he's there. He has not abandoned us. And unlike this particular night that we hear in today's gospel, he's not asleep. He's waiting for us to come to him with faith. And with a simple word of command, he does not maybe calm the storm in our lives, but he calms us. And that's the real challenge for us. That while we're going through these storms, we might not have power to stop them, and for whatever reason God the Father might have for allowing them to continue in our lives, but do we have the ability to see how Christ is working in our lives through them? It's not always easy, but in the midst of the storm, if we can find Christ, we sleep really well. We have that same peace within us, a peace that transcends understanding. 
And this week, we've in our daily readings, we have the story of St. Paul boasting of his weakness. And he lists out how many times he's been flogged, 40 minus 1, by the Jews, and how many times he's been beaten by rods, how many times he was stoned, how many times he was shipwrecked, and how many times he spent the night on the sea after a shipwreck, after this boat sunk. And all of that, he continued to have faith and continued to persevere, to, to march on, because he knew something. And we have what he knows in today's first, or second reading. The love of Christ compels us. That once we come to understand how Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, we have no choice in the matter but to proclaim that love of Christ. Once we understand how Christ suffered and died for us, we find peace. We find love. I do have to admit, I love that line, the love of Christ compels us, because there's a play on words. Is it Christ's love of us? Yes. Is it our love of Christ? Yes. Is it my love of Christ? Yes. Is it Christ's love of me? Yes. No matter which aspect of love it is, the love of Christ compels us. In the midst of the storms, whatever they are, and all of us have had storms in our lives, I know. In the midst of the storms, do we have the courage to find Christ? And if we do, we see him at peace, inviting us to be at peace. Again, sometimes he silences the wind and the waves. But more times than not, he speaks to us, peace, be still.